Today is Friday, June 23rd, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. The search for OceanGate's missing Titan submersible is over. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Subscribe, leave a rating, share it with a friend, email us, say it with me, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. Joining me to get through the news of the Cray, as we always do each and every weekday at 7 a.m., is Billy Hallowell. Trey's on vacation. Billy, we've made it. Friday's here. What's up? Yeah, we are. I mean, we've just zoomed through this week. It has been a very difficult and bizarre news week. And I feel like we say that a lot, but this one really was a strange one. It, it was for sure. And of course, capped off, we're going to talk in a minute here about this you know, horrific story, a tragic end to this Ocean Gate Titan submersible. Lots to talk about there, though. I think we'll have some interesting conversation after our news segment here in a minute. What do you have coming up on the focus? Yeah, you know, we've got an uplifting story because we really need that, I yeah, think. We do. <laughs> no doubt about it. It's about uh, some campers down in a church van in Texas who survived a fiery blaze. It's it's a crazy story and a really uplifting one, actually. Good. Looking forward to that. Also, we're going to check in on the main thing with Jason Yates from My Faith Votes. Jenna Browder has an interview with him talking about the evangelical vote in 2024. Uh, Riley Gaines and what they've been doing and how it all relates to the election and more. That's coming up on the main thing. But first, we are going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. And the Ocean Gate Titan suffered a catastrophic event. That is the conclusion that officials have reached after finding pieces of the Titan submersible approximately 1,600 feet from the bow of the Titanic, a remotely operated vehicle from the vessel Horizon Arctic discovered the tail cone of the Titan approximately 1,600 feet, as I said, from the bow. Rear Admiral John Mauger, 1st Coast Guard District Commander, said this about the wreckage. And so the debris field is consistent with a catastrophic uh, uh, implosion of the vessel. Uh, again, while uh, we were prosecuting the search, we had uh, listening devices uh, in the water throughout and did not hear uh, any uh, signs of catastrophic uh, failure uh, from those. And so we're going to continue to uh, investigate uh, or we're going to continue to uh, document the information there and, and understand uh, based on all the information we have, the, the timeline. So basically what he's saying there is the catastrophic event had to have happened before they got there and started listening in or else they would have heard it obviously with all the listening devices that they had down there in the water so likely this happened sometime before everyone got there and it was just a matter of time before they found the wreckage and the satanic temples promoting a worship tour titled let us burn satanic planet capital concert tour after christian worship leader sean foyt announced he will be hosting his Let Us Worship Capital tour, and why Greg Laurie's Harvest Crusade outreach got bumped from Angel Stadium. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at CBNNews.com. Billy, I mentioned real quick the Satan Temple because just a, I mean, that is, I mean, you've covered this organization, right? The Satanic Temple, it's essentially like a trolling organization, correct? Are they not? Are they not just trying to make the point that well, if you guys do this in the name of religion, then we should be able to do this in the name of the Satanic Temple. 
Yeah, I mean, they are basically, you know, there's two different types of Satanists. There's theological Satanists and atheists and atheistic Satanists. And so they worship the idea in literature of Satan. Um, and, and I say worship loosely. They don't even believe Satan exists. So they're not out there worshiping him. We could have a whole theological conversation about what's yeah. going on there. But yes, they are essentially atheists. Yeah, we just continue to pray for people that are doing faith-based things like Sean Foyt and trying to rally people to worship, keep praying for them to stay strong in the midst of all of those mockeries and everything else. But real quick on this submersible, Billy, obviously a tragic end. What do we make of this desire, this adventure tourism, which I know uh, Stockton Rush didn't want to call it that, but that's essentially what it is, right? I mean, there's what there's really no huge benefit for humans to go down that far to see the Titanic when we know you can get down there with robotic devices that have cameras on them. So what do you make of that? Yeah, you know, and I, and I want to be very respectful course, in this yeah. because it is tragic. But I also want to talk about, I think there's culturally an obsession. We see this with true crime. We see it with, you know, all these things where, where there's death and destruction, despair, and these you know, horrific historical events. We have this strange obsession with it. And I think, to me, the idea that this graveyard this isn't a tourist attraction it's a graveyard right. where the titanic sank the yeah. idea that this is something you pay a quarter of a million dollars to go down and look at for a few minutes is you know really unfortunate i think that i think we need to rethink all of this look people have the free will to do these things i do not believe that this is the right thing to do of course it is tragic and horrific and very sad what happened i just we need to get away from this cultural obsession with these things i think yeah it's one thing when what you're doing is pushing the envelopes of science and what we can accomplish and maybe there's advancements that can be made that will help us do more but it just seems like like you said and you were down there tragedy gazing at the titanic why can't we push all these things in just a different spot or in any deep spot and then see what's down there if you're if you're looking to see what fish are down there or what are whatever new creatures you can find because we haven't explored down there. Why do you have to go where the Titanic is? It's about seeing the Titanic. I mean, I, I don't know what's in people's hearts, but I think it's about seeing this, oh, all these people died, this horrible event. There's been movies made about, let's go down and see it. How cool. It's like, well, no, like that's yeah. not cool. I mean, I just, I don't know. It, it's very, very eerie too and strange that the Titanic being the event that it was, that this is something that happened 112 years later. Here we are still yeah. talking about yeah. it with more death. You know, first and foremost, just praying for these families and uh, of these people yeah. who were lost. And it's sad. It's sad and tragic. But um, let's not take our faith lens off when we're doing things. Let's try to apply that to everything in our life and really check our, our motivations and why we're doing what we're doing and see if it glorifies God in the process. And if it doesn't, you can turn and run from that thing as fast as you can. So, all right, we're going to move over to the focus story right now. And a loving mom... Uh, is crediting God and quick thinking church staff for helping save kids' lives after a church van burst into flames earlier this week. What happened here? Yeah, this is one of those, you know, feel-good stories in the end because it, it has a great ending. But but there were some kids from Anchor Church down in Houston, Texas. They were on their way to a camp along with two adults, a youth pastor and his mom, who's actually a former bus driver. And they're in the van and, and apparently... They started smelling something and they thought that smells like barbecue. That's weird, you know, but didn't think, oh, maybe our van's on fire. They pulled over and 
you know, within seconds, this van was engulfed and you can see on video in flames and smoke within 60 seconds of them exiting really could have been a very dangerous, deadly situation, but they were able to get off, get out and get to safety. Wow. Um, what, what are stories like this tell us about the power of faith when you look at the situation they face and the harrowing nature of it? What does that tell you? Yeah, you, know, you look at this mother's response. Her name's Jordan Williams. She had two campers who were on that bus and or on that church van, rather. And she said, quote, faith has to play a part in it. We believed and we prayed over those kids. And, you know, really just when an event like this happens, you know, how are you going to react to it? And I, and I think what's so interesting in a situation like this, you know, this is one reaction, but we're seeing this mom say, look, we believe that God played a role in this. We prayed over these kids. We prayed for their safety. And we know that, you know, we don't always get what we want when we pray, but I'm sure these parents sent their kids off and they were like, Lord, keep them safe, protect them on this trip, never expecting their phone is going to ring. And they're going to be told that the van, you know, essentially is in flames. And yet you see her faith out there uh, being displayed. And so I think that's the important piece here is, is her stepping forward in faith and giving credit where credit is due. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, why why do you think, Billy, when you look at these stories, why we pick them, why we're covering, why, why do you think uh, this one was worth um, shining a light on? You know, I think... I think for me, when I look at these, these are simple stories, right? We cover a lot of complicated stories. This is a simple story of people doing the right thing, thinking quickly, of God intervening. You know, the, this one mom said, look, it was 60 seconds again from the time that they got off the van, her son told her, to the time that it was completely engulfed. And, you know, for her, she's like, all I can do is thank God that they're okay. I think it points us back to in a world where it's all about the self, it's all about what we can do and our accomplishments and what we want and our whims that we can actually look to God, um, not only for strength, but as the source of the good things that do happen in our lives. You know, that's a really important thing, especially when something that could have been deadly happens in a situation like this. So these are, these I call breadcrumbs. They're breadcrumbs and reminders that point us back to what matters most in a very distracting culture. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I think what you're talking about here also highlights kind of I would say the importance of theology, because if you try to separate God from all any negative thing that happens in life, right? Like this one, they're praising God for this situation and how it played out. Um, but even when things don't go our way and when people, you know, the disease isn't healed or the tragedy does claim some lives, like knowing that God is sovereign in these situations and that ultimately, you know, we, they're ultimately on the other side of eternity here, um, we have the promise of no more tears, no more pain, no more sorrow, these things that we can hope for, right? And and so we can look at pain and grief here and we can mourn with those who mourn. But at the same time, we can have hope that things are going to be uh, made perfect uh, one day, you know, eventually in, in heaven. And so I mean, we have that hope as Christians. And I just think that enables us to tackle something like this with with a level head. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think part of being a Christian, and this is the thing that a lot of atheists and others really do struggle with, and Christians, you know, you're turning your entire life over to God. That means that we hope and we pray, as you were just saying, that something will go the way we want it to go. We hope and pray that when we put our kids on a church bus, that they're going to make it or a church van, they're going to make it where they're intending to go. But we don't know what's going to happen. And when things don't go the way we want, being able to lean into trusting God's will, as you were saying, to trusting whatever God's plan is. And so that is a, a really hard thing to do as human beings to relinquish control 
or I think more appropriately admit that we don't have the control. Yeah. We all think we yeah. do, you know, so that's well, huge. And, and what you were saying earlier in the other story about putting the, the focus on ourselves. Um, and I think that is a huge mistake that we make, which leads to despair in times where things don't go our way because we're thinking, Oh, God's doing all this because you know, me, 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 me. And great. Yeah. Thank you for all these blessings. And then it doesn't go your way. And you're like, why, why me, God, why did that happen to me? And the reality is the whole narrative, it's about God and it's about giving him glory and honor in any circumstance that we may find ourselves in. And you know, that's to our credit in eternity. So I, I think it's an important discussion to have when we see stories like this, because we're not promised a perfect life with, with no pain, with no kind of near misses or actual tragic incidents. So it's definitely good to, as you said too at the top, Billy, have a positive story here where this one worked out. It's great to see their faith in the midst of it. So, all right, let's, uh, let's move on over to the main thing now. And on Wednesday of this week, former NCAA women's swimming star Riley Gaines took aim at the White House's proposal on transgender athletes. Well, CBN's Jenna Browder caught up with Jason Yates of My Faith Votes, and they talked about all things related to that issue and also more broadly the evangelical vote in 2024. What What is going on there? Where is it moving? What is it looking like? What do they care about? What's going to, are they going to come out? Are they not going to come out? All those issues and more. That's today's main thing. Riley Gaines testified on Capitol Hill today about her experience competing with trans swimmer Leah Thomas and having to share the same dressing room. And we only became aware we would be undressing next to a man was when we had to see a man undressing while we were simultaneously undressing. And so I immediately left the locker room and I went up to one of the officials on the pool deck and I said, what are the guidelines to allow a man into our locker room? And he so nonchalantly said back, oh, we actually got around this by making locker rooms unisex. And so I'm thinking to myself in these brief moments, first and foremost, you just admitted this is a male by acknowledging how you had to change your rules to make the locker rooms unisex. You and the NCAA star called the rewriting of Title IX, which would ensure transgender athletes the ability to compete on teams consistent with their gender identity, quote, an abomination. Jason Yates is the CEO of My Faith Votes, and he joins us now in studio. Jason, good to have you with us. Thanks in for having person. me here. Absolutely. Um, so let's start there with Riley Gaines and that hearing. You know, as we head into 2024, how big of a motivator is the trans issue for evangelical voters? Mm -hmm. I think it's a huge motivator. I, look, uh, America is admiring right, uh, her right now, uh, Riley, because she is standing up. She is standing up to this issue. And I think there's so many people around this nation who are wondering, what can I do? This feels helpless, this aggressive transgender agenda. And so people need to stand up. And this is what My Faith Votes is about, helping them do that, understand what the issues are and being able to take a stand to vote but also do something in their communities. We have, for instance, something called Summer of Action. It's helping people in their communities this summer do something. And people can uh, visit My Faith Vote and learn more about that and take action, just like Riley Gaines, mm -hmm. and rejecting the nonsense that's happening in our world today. Well, let's talk about your organization, My Faith Votes. Uh, you guys got started in 2016. That's right. Because you realized a lot of evangelicals were actually not voting. 
Yeah, not voting, and I'll give you uh, some perspective on that. That's the equivalent of the entire voting population from 22 states. So that's a huge opportunity. Christians can determine if we show up the outcomes of every election. I'm not saying right or left. I'm just saying influence what's happening based on our biblical values. So it's important, and we've got to get people to take a stand. Yeah, we should mention you are a nonpartisan organization. Um, And you talk to Republicans, Democrats uh, on the Hill and have had some really interesting conversations we were talking about. Yeah, um, I've had some great conversations with even Democrats in their office, people who are pro-life, who are saying, I just, I need help navigating this because I recognize, and I think we all do, if you look at the Democratic platform, it has no room for a pro-life agenda. But these individuals are very much struggling through that and saying, what can I do to make a difference? And we're helping them in that way. It's important work that you guys are doing. Um, In the presidential race in 2024, what's your sense? Where do evangelicals stand on that? You know, in 2016 and in 2020, we of course saw evangelicals largely stand behind Donald Trump. Do you think that'll be the same in 2024? It's a little bit hard to say right now. I, I talk to a lot of people. Uh, There are some very supportive of Donald Trump, and there are some who are looking for a different option. And so I think we're in a place where we've got to, uh, where Christians are going to struggle a little bit. And the challenge, I think, is that we don't sit on the sidelines if our person isn't the nominee, right? And we don't sit on the sidelines if we're maybe slightly concerned about election integrity. The way that we impact the elections and the outcomes and the issues that we care about is by showing up and voting no matter what. Make the best choice that we possibly can. And you were saying uh, that is actually something you were concerned about is depressed turnout in 2024. It is, and it's why we have a massive campaign to reach and motivate Christians. We're equipping them with tools like a voter guide. No matter what zip code you're in, you can see from the top of the ticket down to the bottom of the ticket where candidates stand on issues and make the very best choice that you can. All right, Jason Yates with My Faith Votes. It's great to have you in person this evening. Thank you so much for stopping by our studio. Appreciate it. All right. Appreciate that story there from Jenna and the Faith Nation team. And it's going to be interesting, Billy, to see what happens with the evangelical vote. That was kind of what propelled Trump the first time around. Where is it going to go this time? Yeah, that's going to be (laughs) the million dollar question. Yeah, (laughs) indeed. All right. Well, we'll certainly be keeping an eye on that, obviously, in the coming weeks and months. But that's going to leave us with time here on this Friday edition of the podcast for one last thing. All right, so Jeremiah 32, 27, and before I read it, this idea that we are sometimes struggling with with what's going to happen in our lives, not sure where to turn, and you look at this verse and it just reads, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind, is anything too hard for me? And it just makes me laugh because it's like, God's like, come on, guys, like I made it (laughs) all, like you can't trust that I can, that I can do it, whether he will or not. He can. Right. And I just think it's a great, it's a great reminder. Yes, it is. And you can almost hear, I mean, it's not like, rude sarcasm but god's just kind of like really guys are we back here again i've got to tell you that i'm the one that brought you out of egypt and uh, parted the sea and everything else Um, get it together it's a get it together right right exactly it's a reminder but it's a good one and one for uh, all of us all generations all times to heed so all right lord willing in that creek don't rise we shall return 
on my well, actually, I'm off next week, so I won't see you, but we'll see you the week after that. God bless. Have a great one.